Welcome to Live the Fuel, where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. All right, good day and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another Live the Fuel show. So today I'm bringing on, yes, yet another new co-host for you. Uh, this young lady has a very unique background. Um, she may be young, but she is an accomplished speaker. She has worked with more than 600 businesses and thousands of individuals on their sales, their marketing, systems, five years worth of work here we're talking about. But here's the best part. Part of that public speaking piece, she's been a TED speaker, you know, a Forbes 30 Under 30 nominee, a two-time best-selling author, an entrepreneur, obviously, a coach, and a trainer dedicated to teaching the same skills that allowed her to build a business from scratch and walk away from her job in less than, get this, five months. So without further ado, Miss Stephanie Scheller, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. I love doing this stuff. And the best part is for our listeners, because they know how crazy these episodes sometimes get, we just geeked out for like 10 to 15 minutes just on microphone technology. So that's oh just God, how we roll. Awesome. We are completely transparent here. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel more knowledgeable now? Do you feel like an audio geek a little bit? Because it happens. I feel, I feel a little bit more like an audio geek. You've got you now, and I've got this other guy that I turn to, and... Between you two, I'm going to have the best material or the best the best tech ever. <laughs> well, it's it's about leveling up in life, right? Um, yeah. And uh, one of my buddies, because we're all we're crazy outdoorsy nuts. We we ski, we mountain bike, you know, we skydive. Like, yeah. It, my one buddy literally says he's like, well, he's like, he who has the most gear wins. <laughs> and I'm like, that gets very expensive. Um, I have to be careful with that. So I don't know if you like to chime in on that one at all, but. I was going to say, I think it's partially who has the most gear, but also who has the best gear. Because mm. to an extent, you can have a ton of gear and it could actually end up bogging you down. That's true. So it's like we were talking about, right? Finding the right mic, the good mic. Hey, I've got, <laughs> I was joking around how when I set up the studio, I bought the soundboard. I have a separate, because like Zoom, Zoom will record audio and video right now. But yeah. I went ahead and bought, because my, my coach at the time, he says, Scott, he's like, go hardware. I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah. Cause back then I was like most podcasters and just using Skype. He's like, Skype might be fine for three months. And then one day it'll give you a heart attack right in the middle of your show. And you'll lose your, you'll, you'll be like, okay, what do I do? Like, cause then, or if you're right. using, or if you're using recording software and a lot of podcasters do this. And I was mm -hmm. like, all right, what do you recommend? He's like, dude, just offload all the content onto a digital audio recorder. He's like, cause that way, if everything, if your whole computer has a heart attack, while it's rebooting, you just hit pause. And then your editor just merges the tracks back together, and it was like it never happened. Done, I was like, nice. dude, I'm loving that. So there's another little tip. That you see, you're just full of stuff. I was telling you, like, I, I felt like I was actually pretty decent at this podcasting thing. Now I'm just, I'm just It's not a so never-ending sure. black hole of knowledge. It just keeps going deeper and deeper. This is true. <laughs> but you know what the cool thing is? If you keep connecting with awesome people, you keep learning more and more. Eventually, you'll get, you know, at least competent. Uh-oh. Are you dropping a knowledge bomb right now? Are we about to geek out on the power of networking <laughs> and growing your circles of influence? Yes. Oh, my God. That's like my favorite topic in the world. Oh, we're going um, there. We're going there because yes. I'm obsessed with it. I've been networking. I've been on LinkedIn since it was founded. I mean, people don't even still don't understand what the hell LinkedIn is. I'm like, literally, I joined like a month after it started. So... Like, yeah, I didn't even, I didn't know about it until about three years ago. And then like I jumped, or no, I guess it was four now. Wow, it's amazing how fast. I know, right? Um, but no, like I think it's awesome. And I'm such a big fan. Like I do everything about the people you hang out with, the friends you choose, 
I was talking with an entire audience yesterday just about this. And I was like, the thing is, most of us know about this whole network friend power. You're the, your net worth is your network, right? Jim Everybody's Rohn, got another slogan. Hey, I'm a big fan of Jim Rohn. Love Jim Rohn. I love yeah. these historic influencers. And maybe mm -hmm. you use his classic quotes. Maybe you make your own. In the end, it's the mm -hmm. same message, right? It is. Well, and one of the things I always tell people is like, keep in mind, it's, it's, it's about the friends you choose, right? So people are always like, oh, it's who I hang out with. No, you have to make a choice to go, you know, spend your Saturday recording a podcast with some super smart guys so you can try and pick up some awesome tips. Like that's or, a choice. Or I'm learning about the value of, um, you, you just taught me about how some people on Zoom change their screen options. Like I didn't yeah. realize that, number one, I, I, I thought I knew that, but I just, I just literally left it the way it was when I first set up my Zoom account. So I guess you're telling me how some people change how you're, you know, they do the side-by-side. -side. And you were joking yeah. around about how, well, what if you're putting your head down and taking notes Cause then people are just looking at your forehead <laughs> right? <laughs> and I was like, dude, I never thought about that. So now I'm so glad I don't do that because I would feel bad. <laughs> right. Well, I'm like, I felt terrible. So I wore lipstick that day and I don't wear a ton of um, like lipstick lipstick, but I kept checking my teeth. I got a little mirror and I kept being like, check <laughs> yeah, so like all the way through the recording, I'm like checking my teeth. Well, right before we kicked I off, I didn't I, I, I was actually bring up your site and your intro and didn't you, weren't you actually putting on lipstick? I think out of the corner of my eye. So, <laughs> I was, cause I was like, I looked at myself at the big picture and I was like, like oh, you know, what? I'm going to glam this up a little bit. I'm going to glam it up a little, just a little. So I've got, I've got a persona hey, to keep up. Now, I, I, guess. I feel like I'm slacking. I didn't bring, I didn't bring my lipstick today. So, um, and I, I have, I have worn mine, lipstick. But... I've worn it. So it was, it was Halloween. It was Halloween. Oh, okay. Well, not, not just well, how, so God, this is, oh, you want the story? Uh, okay. Yeah, of course I want the story. I'm 40. I don't want to, I don't like to bring up ages, but I mean, are we, uh, okay. do we have a huge gap? Uh, 29. So, okay. All right. Well, all right. How far back do you know the old Coca-Cola media programs? Not super far now. All right. There was like an old, like rock star style Coca-Cola commercial years ago where there was like one dude playing guitar and all of these tall women in black dresses with like lots of white makeup and really bright red lipstick. I can't remember the song, but like, it's just, anyway. So my buddy who's six foot, six foot five at the time, 260 rugby player and me, and then one of our girlfriends, she's like, all right, well, I'll be the guitar guy and you girls, you guys be the girls. So six foot four <laughs> and six foot five in high heels, black, oh tight dresses, um, with leggings and then makeup and our hair was all because in the, in the music video, all the hair has to be slicked back. Like it's like your hair is like plastered right. back. So just picture this just, yeah, it's, it was not, and I had to shave. So, you know, but, Oh, that was the tough part. I know. You know, yeah. Yeah. So you, you ladies <laughs> and leg shaving, man. Whew. Oh know. my God. I know my husband gives me such a hard time on that one. He's like, you know, he's like, I have to shave every day. I'm like, I have to shave like four times as much skin as you. Yeah. Like, come yeah. on. Yeah, I, I respect that. The, the The struggle's real. The struggle's real. Uh, but... The struggle is real. <laughs> I will agree. But th th there's your backstory on uh, why I wore lipstick. So why you? Yeah, that's. I needed to know these things about you if we're going to co-host here. I've always joked around. Like I love to be completely transparent, sometimes to a fault. So, <laughs> but back to the power of networking, right? And you and I hanging yeah. out in grown circles is like, well. Um, that's what makes the networking piece even more valuable. Cause if people know that you're real, they're going to be drawn to you. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Oh yeah, they will. And you actually, your story made me tear up over here. I was, awesome. laughing. I was trying not to kill myself. I like to crack um, out my audience. 
Um, but no, I think you're right. And I think right now we have so many people out there who aren't authentic anymore. And so the thing is we, as human beings, we adapt, right? So we're starting to get really good at figuring out people who are real and who are authentic. And we're starting to be able to pick up on it and brush off the people we don't trust. So you're right. That that's a huge piece of your network and being able to be real with them. Hmm. Realness and transparency. We could actually, we could totally flip that and just turn it into like a dating episode. Like how many people are not real and transparent in life in general? Like we're talking about from a business perspective, but like, uh, this kind of applies in a lot of domains. (laughs) I was going to say, let's just pull up Tinder real quick. I don't don't have the app on my phone. Wait a minute. Are are you trying to say that Tinder's not real and transparent? (laughs) I'm just saying that some people may have the worst brought out of them on that app. (laughs) I will tell you, uh, I have poked around on Tinder with all my friends' apps and stuff like that. I mean, I'm, I'm engaged, so I don't need to. But the best part is, <laughs> and she still has her Tinder profile, by the way. Uh, and once, <laughs> once in a while, we'll just go in there and just laugh. Like, there's some people who actually do not mind being real and transparent, and it's kind of scary. Like, it's like, okay, maybe you shouldn't have been that transparent because not that much. I don't know how many hits your profile is getting. So I don't know. <laughs> well, like there's this thing called EQ, right? Like understanding other people's emotions and how stuff impacts them. It's your, it's your emotional intelligence. How well do you understand other people? I think some people have a very low EQ. Ooh, I like that. Now, do you talk about EQ in, in any of your presentations and speaking? You know, while I'm at it, I'm taking advantage of Zoom here. I'm going to do some screen sharing. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure you check out thestephanysheller.com. And for the video feed, <laughs> there she is. So is that uh, something you talk about? Like, when you're, when you're doing um, your I smash don't. your targets conversations? I don't have a talk about, about EQ very often. I talk about a lot about action, um, setting clear goals. I talk a lot about breaking through barriers. So one of, one of the things I do a lot is um, I'm a second degree black belt Taekwondo. And so we'll go on stage and we'll write out like, you know, <clears throat> what are the three things that hold you back, right? Fear, knowledge, lack of knowledge, and you know, we'll find whatever else is applicable for the audience, write them down on bricks and then actually go break. So we do the whole talk showing everyone the bricks and how heavy all these things are that hold us back. And then we'll actually go in and actually do the break and break through the bricks and tell them, Hey, when you put everything together. So I talk a lot more about the, you know, take action and inside of it than, than just, um, the EQ side, but it, that's a fun conversation. I will not lie. Well, maybe we're giving you a new topic. Hmm? I don't know. You um, might, you might. Well, I love the, I love the Taekwondo thing. Cause I studied karate as a kid, obviously, you know, I actually, mm-hmm. I studied uh Shoen Ru, so more Okinawan J- Japanese based uh, history there. Okay. So, and uh, actually I did get to spar against uh, Taekwondo from time to time in a couple of tournaments when I was a kid. So, and I always oh, won. Wow. So that was, uh, I'm not trying to say I was better than Taekwondo. All I'm saying is that being six foot four, I have very long legs and that seems to be a strength <laughs> on the Taekwondo side because yes. in, my, in our training, I was more leg dominant to an advantage in that because I think in Taekwondo, there's a lot of kicking going on. <laughs> taekwondo, that is, that is Taekwondo is like, it's our kicks, right? Tay is, Tay is feet. First hmm. and foremost, it's your feet. Kwan is your hands. Do is your head, right? Okay. So. You just taught like, me something because I never bought. I never bothered learning that. I had no idea. <laughs> so. They they always taught us that it's the way of the hands, the, the way of the feet, the hands, and the head. And um, it's when you break it down like that, right? It helps you understand. Taekwondo is about the kicks. It's about having those really. You know, if I can land a side kick on you, you're not coming back from it. Ooh, I I do remember. <laughs> 
man, you get that side edge of your foot. It's like slicing right into the bag. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause we had those, uh, impact pads that would measure, uh, impact strength, mm-hmm. the digital readout. Do you guys oh, have nice. those too? No, we did not. I felt that was kind of, I feel that's kind of advanced. I mean, we're going back to God, I started doing, I, I stopped doing that when I was like 15, you know, 17, 18. So I started when I was 13. So I would have been God, those, wow, those pads pretty... were in the night, early nineties. So yeah, that maybe was, we were that advanced. Really I don't advanced. know. Ooh, we got like a little digital thing, but you could basically, it was measuring pounds per square inch of, of strike force. So, um, nice. like we, we were doing like, uh, you know, your, I don't know if you guys do horse stance, but you know, mm-hmm. in an athletic stance, horse stance, and then also, and then switching to fight fighting style fighting stance, because then it was important to teach people the power of, uh, your, your, your fist strikes, right? Like how right. some people say throwing a roundhouse style punch it, like boxing is powerful, but like, listen, you have that right strike force and you, you from the hip coming forward, it's powerful. And they would show that. So I just remember I'm flashing back to it, the childhood right now. This is awesome. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, I, I, I love teaching. I taught Taekwondo for three years and it's something's very special about going in and teaching these kids and shaping those kids, like how they perceive the world around them and how they interact with the world. It's very, it was a very special time in my life. I will not lie. I love doing that. You know, I love the fact that you're bringing this up because, you know, whether we talk about health, business, or lifestyle on this show, I think getting people to the point of confidence and, and strength in their lives is, is the value there. Like, I just got done before you recording with um, Dr. Nick Zorowski, and he's a natural doctor, right? Board certified and everything oh, else nice. for natural wellness. Um, and we just talked a lot about the value of education. And when you up your level of knowledge on certain subjects or, or topic areas, you, you naturally get more confident. I mean, it kind of ties yeah. back to networking, right? Like if you're in, if you're hanging out and networking and connecting with people, if you can tell stories and share just some of your knowledge, but not in a bragging way, but just be able to hold that conversation. That's a confidence booster too. Like not everybody's ready to get on stage like you, right? It's like, Oh, that's a, you have to put in the reps for that too. And I think something yeah. as powerful as martial arts is definitely something that boosted my confidence as a youth. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Because especially when you start to like, so the way we always learned it and I, and I, at first I hated it and then I loved it was like my school taught us very basic stuff at the very beginning and it wasn't really effective or useful. It was like, <laughs> how do you do a punch from the belt? First your hand out, right? Like it was stuff you'd never use in real life. Huh. And it wasn't really till you got like to red belt that you suddenly started learning oh, here's how that impacts the body. And here's like all these things. But you built, first you built up the skill set of the basics. And then you started to learn how it impacted the world around you. And so it became this kind of great analogy of, you know, once you know yourself and you know how you impact the world and you start to pay attention, right? People always ask me, as soon as they find out I'm a second degree black belt, the first question is, have you ever gotten in a fight? And I'm like... (laughs) The whole point is to not. I was gonna say I was I was gonna try and answer that for you, but I'm like, uh, I was always taught to not fight. I was actually yeah. I was afraid to get into fights because and now you fast forward the years later and people are like, what do you mean you're afraid? But well, now like if, if if the police find out that you're you're trained, right? You yeah. technically your hands are now considered weapons or your feet are considered mm-hmm. weapons. So depending on yeah. what goes down. The whole point, I think, of martial art is not just building up your strength and your confidence, the ability to strike and have that control, but also it's that it's that grounding fundamental of con- you know mm-hmm. checking your shit, dude. Like if you're yeah. losing control, you did not have a good sensei. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and then it's like it's all about it's all about 
um, prediction almost, right? Where you, you just like, you pay attention to what's going on around you and yeah, you got to be in control and it has made me a little bit of a control freak, but at the same time, <laughs> oh, I'm like, minute. that is a huge part of what's made me successful. Jesus. I'm a bit of a control freak. Wait, are you trying to, is, is this why I'm a control freak? Do I have to blame my martial arts training? Damn it. I, I would go for it. Oh. Just blame it all on martial arts. Great. I'm going to use that when I, when I talk to my fiance later. I'm like, listen, babe, we figured out on today's podcast <laughs> why I'm so controlling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she will totally let give you a pass on that one. She's just gonna be like, or not. yeah, doesn't give you an excuse or a pass, so just, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just cut it out. But I, I know, I, my... I see the value in that. It's not so much of a control yeah. factor, but I, I'll use your slogan here, right on your on your site: smash your targets. Right? It's just, it's yeah. not about smashing your targets. It's having the confidence and the control. When I look at that, to know that I can. Right, yeah. it doesn't mean you physically have to smash your targets. Although, right, you, no. <laughs> you know, although breaking bricks, right? There you go. You're hey. smashing targets. I broke wood. I broke concrete when I was a kid. Been there, done that. So, right. So, I mean, now, no, I... why do you feel that people do resort to the physical versus the, what we just kind of referred to there? Not to go off of the business topic, but, right? I mean, well, the whole martial art piece and people losing control and going to the physical instead of showing the self control. Because I think this also applies to business, but I want, I want to slowly get there. So I just want to hear how yeah. you, you chime in on something like that. Well, so, and I think that kind of comes back to that EQ thing. We don't teach EQ, we teach IQ. You think about what we teach in our schools. We teach, you know, we teach thinking, we teach smarts, we teach strengths, we teach PT, right? Mm -hmm. So um, we go back, like that's the arena we're most comfortable in very few people ever get the chance to really get that EQ side. And I didn't get trained on it. It was that I sat back, like my mom would always joke and say, um, you know, Steph, you were hilarious because you'd watch your sister get in trouble, watch what she did and never duplicate it. Hmm. Like that was always, I was Tactical. like, okay, here's how the world interacts. Yeah. Don't do this. Interesting. So you weren't, you, so you were, you were already doing, uh, analyzing the situation and basically delaying your reaction, right? You want to learn and see what would happen yeah. first. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. So it, how many people don't do that? <laughs> <laughs> right? I, again, I think people just aren't taught, right? Martial arts teaches you control, hmm. right? It was, I remember as a, um, I think it was a green belt. They would not let me spar anyone but a black belt for several months. Hmm. And they put me up against the black belts who could hit hard because I'm not a small person. I'm five, eight. And I was fighting a bunch of, you know, Mexicans who are, you know, four, three. Wow. And so, cause my dad's German. Right. And then I, I have this, I have like, I've got a lot of strength. So they put me up against all these black belts to teach me control. And I even, I even scared a couple of black belts off from fighting me as a green belt, because if I connected, man, you were not getting your breath back. Yeah. And they finally came to me and, and my instructor came to me and said, Stephanie, you're not allowed to spar until you go out and kick a tree 50 times. Hmm. He was like, no pad, just go kick the tree. I was like, are you kidding? So I went out and I started and it hurt. Yeah. <laughs> like the tree bites back. And what I had to learn was control. Hmm. And we don't get taught that. We get taught a whole bunch of smarts. We get taught our body. We don't get taught how to look at the world. We don't get taught control. Yeah, I love that. I mean, because I'm, I'm already flashing back. Like yesterday, I was recording with a guy. His brand was called Strive and Grind. And um, oh. 
we we dug into those two words because he came from his childhood. Uh, he literally said like 30 kids died in his school. And I know this is, a, this is already a sensitive topic right now because of what just happened in Florida, but right. it, this was not mass, mass what happened in Florida, right? This was just over time. Like he was just from a rough school on the East Coast. And that's wow. just, he, he just grew up that way. And kids were like dying every year, like shootings, all kinds of stuff. So it wasn't like a mass thing. I'm like, wow, 30, 30 kids. He's like growing up that way. So he said, listen, he's like, yeah, he, he started realizing if he needed to change his life and he had to change his surroundings and he had to start grinding, right? Like taking action. This is what we see online right now, everywhere. What you're hinting at here is, oh, we're taught to take action, strike, you know, smash your targets, right? Like get out there and just start kicking ass and taking names. But people forget that along that way is that, and he made a valuable point. He's like, what am I doing to really strive and ascend along the way? It's not just taking action because if it's all action what are you doing to grow along that path you know and that's where he kind of really defined the word strive more like he was looking to strive in life to give back more along the way it wasn't just making money and being successful and showing that he could put in the reps and 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 hustle and grind right it's just like what am I going to do to strive along that path so I loved where he went with that and I want to tie that into what you're talking about here because that's what I'm hearing from you and we see this in business all the time especially in the sales profession right like because one of your books go back to some screen sharing again here actually one of your books on, on your site here um, was getting past the gatekeeper and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. your other book is friend power, but getting past the gatekeeper, right? Everybody feels like, Oh, well, man, you just gotta, you just gotta keep trying, right? Phone calls, emails, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I'm like, are you actually Nothing. building a relationship with that person? Are you slowing down enough to right. actually realize that's another human being? And are you connecting with them? So I'm intrigued to see how you're going to go with this one. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you asked this one because this is one of my favorite questions because I titled that book a big misnomer and I kind of did it on purpose because what happened was when I started in sales everyone was like, "Okay, that was that was who we blamed for not hitting quota." Right? Mm. You get back, you didn't hit quota and you get or you get around the, the water cooler, you gripe I about just can't those get past stupid the gatekeeper. <laughs> yeah. Like, "Oh, I hate them. I hate them." And um I I didn't even notice. So when I started doing the sales training business and I started, uh, I was still making cold calls. I still make cold calls. Like I don't have to, I do it more to keep my skills sharp than anything else. Um, but I was still making cold calls. So you're still hitting gatekeepers. And I didn't even notice that I wasn't having trouble with them until about a year and a half later. And someone finally commented about how much he hated the gatekeepers. He came to a training of mine was talking afterwards and then he's like oh man i gotta go to the stupid gatekeepers <laughs> and i was like i haven't had trouble with a gatekeeper in years hmm. right and so that was when i started to realize okay what am i doing differently and what i realized was i was no longer treating them like an obstacle so the key is actually no longer to get past the gatekeeper the key is to turn them into your ally to become their friend to understand it's a human being have fun with them those guys have so much control oh yeah Oh yeah, like you can they, either in or you're out, on... right? Like she, she, yes. she, she or he is not just a secretary. Like no, that's your in or you're out. I mean, and I love the fact you bring this up because it's interesting. So this morning we did this ridiculously huge uh, partners workout at, at one of the CrossFit gyms I train at, and afterwards one of my regular co-hosts was there to. She was there working out with us, but then she was there to speak. She's a sports psychologist. And uh, from a brand called Mind of the Athlete. So I love that because in your comments on your website, you're talking about mindset. 
we talk about mindset. She comes on every single month. So she's my regular co-host I bring on once a yeah, month. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I saw, I think I was listening to a couple of her podcasts. Yeah, Dr. Megan Cannon is legit. Yes. So uh, I love her. And she, I mean, just, but we talked a lot today about, like, I just, I just scored a, I'm, I'm usually not big into the boastful crap, but I have a new trophy uh, because <laughs> at that gym, they do an internal uh, called the crush competition every year for just the members. So you're not competing with other gyms in, in CrossFit like normally. And it's just saying, Hey guys, this is the community. You're here to work out. If you want to compete, you can, if you don't no big deal because the, the owner releases a new workout for five weeks and you have to complete that workout to the best of your ability. And then the average of those, decides if you won or not. And since I just turned 40 in September, I was like, all right. Everybody's like, oh, when you turn 40, it's all downhill from there. So it's like, I love <laughs> to prove people wrong. So I said, all right, I'm going to start doing that little competition thing. So anyway, long story short, I won. So 40, the 40 plus age category, yeah. I beat out a few other guys. But the point here is not the boast, right? It's what was learned from that experience. And she does a great job today talking about mindset, which I know you, you agree with me on. And she was tying mm-hmm. it back to the Olympics. And we were tying oh. it to when you step up every suit, maybe it's just coming in that day and talking about the Taekwondo. Maybe you just want to strike a little harder. Maybe you want to yeah. uh, last a little longer for endurance. Uh, in the Olympics, right? These guys, these, la- these guys, these ladies, man, they're about to do the most competitive thing in their lives you know, in another country competing against oh, all yeah. the world's best athletes. So right now she brought up a great, she was showing on, on the projector how these athletes, they visualize where they're going to go, visualization. So it's interesting. Yeah. It's like, okay, how many sales professionals actually visualize them walking into that meeting, visualize talking to the gatekeeper that day, and then visualize once they get, if or I should say, once they get past the gatekeeper, right? Positive mindset. Once you're past the gatekeeper, how you're going to visualize your meeting going. So I'm just interested right. to see what you feel about saying like that. Do you ever get into the visualization piece? I do. And it's funny because, uh, so, okay. So we actually walk people through the whole practice of vision. Like, so when I was going for my first degree belt and my second, one of the key things they told us was you need to spend time every single day, not just doing your forms, but you actually just need to sit on your butt and walk through it in your head. Mm-hmm every day we had to get through all of our forms and we had to turn in a check sheet that showed we did it. Yeah. Um, and so the visualization part is huge and we sit down, we actually do um, a lot of our events that we host will include a piece of sitting down and after we've done the training and after they've written their script or whatever outline of what they're going to do, then we actually have to sit down and walk through it with someone else and vision. Okay. What's it going to look like? And like actually force them to verbalize the visualization so they can see it because you're right, they don't. But when you, it's one of my, one quote I use all the time. Um, it's, it goes, uh, sorry, ADD, did I mention I'm ADD? I totally went off down a rabbit trail. Uh, that, I've tried to use that one. I think that's just trying to be, it's like passing it off on the gatekeeper. Be accountable, come on, it's all right. You're, you're, in, you're, so, you're on the mic right now, just roll with it. <laughs> so, the quote, so the quote is that when two people meet, the one who's most certain will always influence the other. Okay. And so I always tell people when you go in, if you're extremely confident about how that conversation is going to end, there's a really high chance it's going to end that way. Mm. Right. Um, and so go in knowing how you want to do it. So I actually was spending time. I got a tough conversation coming up with a client next week and I was spending time this morning and last night, like working through how it's that going to look like, like walking through the entire conversation three or four times. 
so that it's preparing it's for go the art. Like prepare. It's like I think I think some of the best lawyers, for example, they're going to prepare for the argument. Right? You're preparing yeah. for. Okay, what if they say this? What if they say that? How am I going to respond? What's my body behavior? What's my yep. auditory? What's my auditory reflection? Or my how? How am I going to be going through all of this? Um, I, I think that's powerful. Uh, it's it's interesting yeah. because it's funny because what you're talking about. Actually, I'm going to go ahead and do another screen share again. But this is something I put on Instagram from this morning from Dr. Megan Cannon. So there she is, and a couple of her slides I shared, which I loved, nice. I think you'll get a kick out of here is yeah. six ways to get your head in the game. And right there, the last one is visualization, but she's like, no, all of this needs to happen first, right? Where's your sleep? Mm -hmm. Where's your rest and recovery? Like, it's not just, Oh, did you sleep great the night before? She's like, it's really more powerful little tip. It's actually two nights before the most crucial sleep is two nights before. Cause I don't care how good you are. She's like, as a pro athlete, people are going to be nervous the night before. But if you set the bar two nights before for your for proper sleep, it makes that last night before the competition that much easier. So that was interesting. But then she was talking about minimizing yeah, your distractions, right? That's the point of sitting down and not necessarily meditating, but visual. This is even before visualization, setting your goals. Yeah. She talks about the power of music, right? Like if you are sitting down preparing for next week's big meeting, what kind of music yep. are you listening to? Right? Yep. You, do you have the aggressive like I'm I'm ready to go in and do my sweat workout or go step into a ring and maybe hit uh, hit, hit some kumite, whatever? Or is it are you doing more of a Zen style music to allow you to think and dig deep? It was great. It was just a great presentation. And then we were joking about pre-performance rituals. Like that's where I brought up the olive oil. Like I was like, oh yeah, every morning my pre-ritual every morning is I wake up and have a shot of olive oil now. And and everybody in the audience today like just looked over and like what? And I was like, yeah, it's a, dose, it's a dose of healthy fats and I'm a podcaster. So it also lubricates the vocals <laughs> and everybody was just like, and then Megan's standing there and she's a regular on the show. And she's like, I never knew that. I was like, well, you know, there you go. <laughs> now, you know, right. Well, I didn't know it either. And I was actually telling you like, that's awesome because it's funny. Cause a lot of those, so I just did a really big event yesterday. Um, it was a, it was a huge keynote uh, for a conference here in San Antonio and big deal, put a lot of energy into it. And I, you know, Wolf made sure I went to bed on time, right? Two nights. It actually did two nights leading up to it just because I knew I was so tired from Wednesday. I didn't realize there was like science behind that. Mm, um, and I have like my pre-routine and everyone was like, like a bunch of the other speakers at the event were not professional speakers. So I'm backstage like doing my music and like getting myself going. And they're all like, yeah. what is she doing? <laughs> hey, you're a peak performer. Right. I was like, no, you got it. Tony Robbins talks about the state. You got to put yourself in the right state. Are you watching the Olympics at all right now? We are watching pretty much every night. Okay. We're tuning in and watching some of those. When the cameras first pan over, what do you see the athletes doing in the background? They got their eyes closed. I'm going to step away from the microphone here. They're, they're got the music on and they're yep. taking themselves through the run. Yeah. One of her athletes, I forget the guy's name, um, but Megan works with one of the the border cross guys, one of the guys that do the, the battle style uh, race on the, on the snowboards. So mm -hmm. she's working with one of those guys. And so she played one. Of, she, he actually had a video made and he talks about it. He's just sitting there. The whole video starts off. His eyes are closed and he's just like, and, and then all of a sudden he's, then all of a sudden the narration comes over and he's talking to you about why he looks funny doing that. Like, this is what I do, man. He's like, this is what elite yeah. athletes have to do. You have to visualize yourself going through and succeeding. And he's like, and then when the day hits and you go, it just feels right. And your confidence you've done it a hundred times in your head. Yeah. And yep. she, she brought up, um, Phelps most ridiculous swimmer 
ever. Right. And he, he talked, people didn't know that when he got that, the one gold, he said, listen, he's like, when I dove into that pool, my goggles didn't seal. They were full of water. So he, yeah. his eyes were closed the whole time. Yep. And he won the gold. But like, how do you do that? He's like, because he's visualized that he knew exactly how many strokes it takes him to get to one side of the pool and back again. He knows that course or that pool or how many, how many yeah. laps because he's done it over and over in his head. So yeah. Yeah. There's, there's no screwing that one up at that point. And that was one of his record setting ones. Wasn't exactly. It? Yeah. It was a record setting like, gold medal, like just, and he did it blind, like literally, which goes to what Megan was, was. Yeah. She was talking about no distractions. Right. Yep. So to take this to a business side, right. So oftentimes we allow ourselves to get pulled into all these distractions, right. We mm -hmm. don't sit there and we don't, and I talked about this yesterday at the keynote, right. You got to visualize where you're going with the business. You got to know where you're going. You got to see yourself there. Every morning I sit down, I write down my goals. And then I didn't talk about it yesterday, but the thing I, the thing I do afterwards, I look at the goal and I'm like, what's it going to be like to have that? Mm. Like, how cool is it going to be? And you live it in your head. And so by the time you get there, it's kind of like, I'm doing stuff now that I was realizing this is stuff I used to dream about doing. And it just feels so natural. natural. Yeah. Yeah. How cool is that? It is. And that, that's, I think, a huge key people miss in business all the time is that setup. Like that. I, I love stepping into sales meetings all the time now. I mean, I, I'm a, yeah. I travel and do business development for one of my biggest clients. And like, uh, they, don't, they don't have anybody in upstate New York. Uh, they need, we're, I'm trying to help them find some new talent in upstate New York. So for this past year, I've been just going up there and I go and meet with all the company's buyers for them. Uh, because they just don't have anybody up there and they know that if I step in, there's going to be some stuff happening. <laughs> so <laughs> the, the beauty is like, I, it's fun. And like for the first yeah. five, 10 minutes of every meeting, i never talk business. I'm catching up because I, I literally, uh, they use a uh, Salesforce. So I've okay. had, I've had them activate additional fields in their data points for each contact saying I, I had them create a lifestyle box. So I was like, listen, as and I'm training their sales team, I'm like, listen guys, as you guys get to know these people, like pick up on little things like what's in their office yeah. what do they talk about you know again back to the gatekeeper right like so then you make those notes in the system and then maybe you haven't seen that person in a year so you go back into the database like oh yeah okay so this is that guy's lifestyle blah 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 blah, blah. or this is what she, you know, she's got three kids I was like you don't realize that and then eventually you've met with that person so many times you've already memorized it but the beauty of putting it in salesforce is that you know if and when i'm ready to hand off that area to a new uh talent i'm like hey this is what I've built for you. Like all that data is yeah. there. I've got it in my head now, but FYI, it's there in case I forget. So the point well, is like, there's, yeah, and it, it keeps you from not to interrupt, but like it no, keeps please. you from having, having to keep it in your head. And, and then that distraction thing, we're back to that. I got to remember 30 things, right? Like I'm good at what I do because I focus one thing at a time. Yes. Like I will knock this out and then this, and then I had people trying to talk to me yesterday before I went on stage. And I was just like, not happening. You gotta wait. You gotta wait. <laughs> I'm in the zone. All right. Right. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a I'm a professional athlete. I'm a professional speaker. I'm in my zone. Don't be I'm breaking about it to up. Go, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can't do this. And so like having those notes, right? Like this is for me. I look at. I used to laugh at. Um, there's a. Is it? I'm trying to remember. I think it's Family Guy, and or Simpsons, right? And Carl. I don't know if you watch The Simpsons. My husband introduced me to it. My fiance once in a while will pop it up. Yeah. Um, okay, so I don't, per I don't so purposely this... search it out, but I know all those guys. <laughs> okay, so so one of the characters gets promoted. He puts Homer as his assistant, and they go to this big event in in Paris. And 
the character is, you know, talking to all the figureheads and Homer's whispering in his ear, like what he should say to each of them. Hmm. And I used to watch all this and be like, that is so ridiculous. Yeah. Right. And now like watching it, it came on last night and I was watching it and I was like, I could see why someone would actually need that because I want to be able to feel like they care. I care about them because I do, but I didn't have time to do all that research, but you did. And so like, it seemed really ironic to suddenly understand why someone would have someone else to carry that information for them so they could mm. focus on what was really important at hand. It's interesting. Like I, I, I have an interesting question for you then. So we're talking about this and I've, we haven't said the words yet, but the whole time I'm like, I have bragged about being a multitasker. And that has Uh-oh. changed over the years. That's what I'm getting from you too. Have you, did you ever do that in the past? I did, you know, See? especially the whole women are better than men. I used to be all about multitasking. Right. And that, that is a um, known psychological strength of ladies actually as professionals, especially. It, so I back you up on that 110%. Well, it's considered one and women are better at it than men, but we can just task switch better mm-hmm. than men. And they're actually finding that average employees, now I'm just assuming that none of your listeners and you and I are not average, but they lose almost 40 hours a month to task switching Mm. in in efficiencies to where they're inefficient for 10, 15 minutes moving back into a task because they got pulled off to go do something. Well, what's interesting is um, I've had on a few mindset people and and we talk about psychology, we talk about uh, hacking performance. And that's what I'm getting mm-hmm. here. You and I are geeking on that right now. And it's like, well, yeah. like for example, there's actually, when you sit down and you figure out your brain and how you perform, you got to figure out there's actually, you ever, you ever done research into flow state? Like, uh, a little bit, not as much as I want. Yeah. So I've had a guy on here and, and, and he wrote a book recently on like the whole flow state thing. And he's an electrical engineer. So he geeks out on flow from an electrical current standpoint. Nice. And then ties it back to us as uh, at the cellular level. Crazy. Awesome guy. Um, but we talked about it and he's like, listen, he's like, you have to figure out when and even where sometimes your flow state is. So that's why you see now more people like me. I'm a, such an active person. Like I have a standing desk. So not not everybody's (laughs) into that. Right. But like I'm more engaged when I switched to the standing desk, it wasn't just for the health and fitness. I just, I'm, I'm here, man. I am in it. So that there's, there's like a wear factor, but then also they talked about how like, listen, some people goes back to fitness too, right? Not everybody is a morning person. Not everybody's a night person, but also sometimes people are so, some people need to brain dump at night before they go to bed. Or they're already yeah. going to visualize their morning the night before. Like, hey, when I wake up, this is my morning protocol. Some people talk about that. Other people say, listen, when they first wake up in the morning, nothing else is distracting them yet. So that's where a lot of, a lot of guys, peak performers, they got a tablet sitting next to the bed. So when they first wake up, they brain dump first thing. That's their, like, their, yeah. their hack of when they have all their most pure ideas. I don't know if you ever mm-hmm. heard any of this. Did you, have, you, have you ever noticed this about your own self? I have. And what I've learned is that people need to find what works for them in that. Right. So stop. Like, I'm really careful to tell people when I tell people what I do, how I do it. It's always from the perspective of this is what's worked for me. And this is how I found what worked for me. Hmm. You need to find what works for you and stop trying to shove yourself in a box. You know, everyone's like, oh, Tony Robbins does this. You know, Bill Gates does this. Go do that. You know, do what a millionaire does. Be a millionaire. It's not... (laughs) 
people take that too literally. You know what the problem with that is? And I, I love those guys. They're powerful influencers. I do too. But I think we also remind ourselves about our, our own successes too. And it relates to this. Like Tony, what Tony Robbins does today is not what he did 10, 15 years ago. Thank you. Okay. He, this is a new t- topic that I use now. I call it, where are you at on the timeline? We're all at different places on the timeline. This I can connect to this on the nutritional health coaching that I've done or healthy lifestyle coaching I've done. Like, guys, like, stop the comparison game. If you're going to do a brief comparison, look at where they're at and what they've done to get there. And yes. this, this came up on the last podcast recording. We were talking with Dr. Nick. I was talking about, we were talking about, listen, man, like we started off the episode talking about Spartan racing because when he and I connected, his Facebook profile photo has him jumping over the fire in Spartan race. And I've done, I've done two. And so we geeked out a little bit about Spartan racing, about healthy lifestyle to go and actually succeed in a Spartan race. And it's like, guys, like you don't just sign up for a Spartan race and then show up and do it. <laughs> I mean, if you can, you're superhuman, Uh, but it's going to kick the crap out of you. Even he said, even with his preparation, he did not want to work out for the next two weeks afterwards. Like his feet were sore. He was, and he, he, I was impressed. He literally built his own home training facility in the backyard. Like he set up like mini obstacles and all kinds of stuff. So I was cracking up because I'm like, dude, I did not do any of that. I mean, but I'm going to, I mean, but also like I, I'm a CrossFitter. I'm a mountain biker. I'm a road cyclist. I'm a skier. Like I'm very active. Oh, you got a puppy too? I do. And I locked him out of the upstairs bedroom and hoped he wouldn't go bark, but apparently That's he all right. Some, not hey, to do that. Calvin the Coonhound. All right. He's in the other room. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, this past month, every time I'm doing a nighttime podcast, he will let it rip. And I'm like, really, Calvin? Really? <laughs> So that's just a part of our lives. I, I have no problem sharing that on the podcast. Don't don't feel bad about the puppy. So. Okay, well, I think... I think um, hey, buddy. <laughs> I think someone's dropping off a package at the front door and he gets very Oh, yeah, no, Calvin, Calvin does not like the mailman or the UPS guy or the FedEx guy. It's just not a oh, good thing. Oh, he just... Yeah, Ralph <laughs> loses his, his whole head about it. What kind of dog? <laughs> He is a Shorky. He's a Shih Tzu Yorkshire Terrier cross. Oh, yeah. They're going to bark. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And Calvin, he can be dead lazy all day. But if he hears somebody walking up onto the porch, he is sprinting off of our bed. Not even his own bed. He's on our freaking bed. And then okay. jumping out across the room, across the living room. And he's right at the door. And then he runs around to the side of the house because he's got to keep barking at him, even though the guy's walking down the street. He's <laughs> like, I got I got to make sure I send you off. <laughs> you just know you can't come here. <laughs> Yeah. He's like, Hey, I'm not done with you yet. Hey, let me bark at you out of the side of the house too. You know, cause I didn't get enough on the front of the house. I'm, I'm, I don't know. Is your dog do some of that too? Yes. And so he, he's hysterical. So we have it upstairs and the upstairs has a big, um, window seat. And so Ralph will go up oh, and no. he'll sit in the window seat and yell and yell and yell. So I locked him out of up there cause he will bark up there. Right. Yep. But, um, so he'll sit up there and he'll bark and bark. And then he comes tearing down and he's, He's that this big. big. I mean, he's yeah. tiny, right? He's not big. They're he nimble. Terry Dad, he's huffing and huffing and try, and he wants you to put it out in the backyard so he can go yell at them again. <laughs> <laughs> See, there you go. Oh. I love it. See, the, this is this is the beauty of what we're doing. Like, uh, I've brought this up on other shows too. Whenever my dog jumped, down, I'm like, I don't care anymore. I used to freak out about it. Yeah, I would like, I'm like, Kristen, you, like, I really want to have a great show tonight. Can you really like distract him with a cheesy bone or something? And I'm like, you know what? Something. Why do I care? This is truth and transparency. We are, yeah. we're, you and I are recording. I don't know when this is going to air yet, but like you and I are recording on a Saturday. We're taking time out of our personal lives to put quality content yeah. out there and give back to our audience. I mean, 
this is life. It's okay. We have dogs. <laughs> Let's not. It was like there was that viral video of the guy. Uh, he, he was being interviewed, and his mm-hmm. baby or something came, wa- or a little toddler came walking oh, yeah, in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, like, um, and then his yeah. his wife like sneaks in and grabs him, pull, and, and the and the guy's pushing his kid's head away, <laughs> and he had such bad press on that. Um, I know it was all like live TV and oh, stuff. Oh, it was hilarious. It was and I'm like, but I was like, that's, and you know, I think that was a great lesson. Like we are so worried about what other people think that. Yeah. And that's where he was at. It's like, you know what? You're, 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 you're a dad. Crap happens. You're, you're, you're working from home, doing an interview from your home office. If nothing, like rock that. Like you and I have the ability to work from home. Right, like let's yeah. rock that. Let's own that. That's part of that entrepreneurial journey. Like you do, you weren't always able to work from home, right? Oh no, <laughs> no. <laughs> like there was like first of all, I was an employee for a while, and Same here. you know they have a hard time with you trying to work from home. Um, and then even when I first got, I was actually talking with my coach about this this morning. I was like, when I started the business, I would leave the house at eight a.m. I wouldn't get back till eight a.m. eight p.m. Mm-hmm. And then I would be doing another two or three hours of work. Yeah. You know, building it up. Now I'm at the point where I leave the house maybe three times a week. I get to do the majority of it from right here. I don't have to go out and meet and run and chase and, you know, drive. And it's amazing. But you look at this, right? Where are you at in the timeline? Mm-hmm. You look at where I am now. And I did a training session for a bunch of coaches the other day. And they were all like, oh, I can't wait till I'm where you're at. And I'm like, well, once you put in time and the hours and the effort I put in, come back and tell me that again. It, this came up on another podcast. Like I, I, I'm a huge, uh, I, one of my nutrition companies I use uh, is Isogenics, right? That's the stuff sitting there. And gotcha. I don't bring it up in all my shows. And it, it's a company built on a network marketing business model. I was, when I was firefighting years ago, I that was just my stuff that I used to keep myself super healthy. Um and then, you know, it became a side business, a side hustle. So that was, and I, I can actually thank that experience. Like that's not the core of what I do. It's just one of my business units, one of my income streams nowadays. But like I had a vision of being able to work from home and do video calls, never even vision yeah. a podcast, but just, okay. The point is, is that in that world, there's a lot of people doing that profession a wrong justice because yeah. they're portraying, oh man, you get to get rich from home and create your own financial freedom and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, guys, stop lying to people. Not number one, not everybody is meant to succeed with that business model. Maybe it clicks for you. Like I thought that was going to be one of my possible successes. That's why I at least opened myself up and tried it. Do I still make money every single week off of it? Yes. Do I still have people on my team that I coach and help? Sure. But it's not me. That's just just one of my things because I believe in healthy lifestyle and some people like it and some people don't. Whatever. The point is, though, when I first started that, I wasn't making whatever I make every week now. You know, it's just a different place on the timeline. Uh, It goes back to podcasting. Um, When this year, for some reason, like when when it got to January this year, like I had... I had all these shows banked up. We get through the holiday and now I'm like, oh my God, like I've burned through episodes and everybody was distracted. No, everybody, all the co-host potentials were busy with holidays and everything else. And I'm like, oh my God, like, am I going to have enough recorded shows to get my two episodes out every week? And I've had the show online now for over a year. And I'm like, how am I starting off 2018 worrying about how many podcasts I have recorded? <laughs> like, where did I go wrong? And I realized I'm like, and everything was fine. 
because then I, I going back to visualization, I visualize myself because like in two less a week and a half, I'm leaving for 10 days to go ski in Colorado with my fiance. So nice. I'm not gonna be able to record during that time. So right now I'm golden because back in January, I said, okay, I'm not gonna let that happen again. I'm gonna make sure we got enough shows banked up. And my visualization was once the timeline hits February and I'm a week or so out from going to Colorado, I'm gonna have more than enough shows to get me through the vacation so that way my audience is not impacted. And I'll have enough so when I get back, I still got shows in the tank. And yeah. I'm rare right now. That's why, going back to putting in the work, that's why you and I are recording right now. That's why I have two more episodes uh, tomorrow. And I have two more on Monday. And I just did two on Friday. So in four days, yeah. I would have banged out another eight to ten podcasts. I don't normally yeah. do that. But I opened my schedule up to put in the work. So yeah. people need to well, remind about putting in the work. <laughs> <laughs> and the, yeah, and that that drives me crazy because they get yeah they they go, they go off and they see the end result right like, you know oh, I want to be Tony Robbins oh, I want to be this and people even oh Steph man I wish I could just do what you do yeah like you know I come off stage they're like you're so good I'm like wasn't you always didn't see my first presentation <laughs> or the second or the third yeah. there was a span of a year and a half where I did three presentations every single week for free add that up. That's a lot. Well, did, uh, did you just drop a public speaking uh, knowledge bomb? Are you saying that? <laughs> wait, because like there's people out there like you. You got a bill for this. I mean, what do you mean? Like public speaking, man. Like you're bringing value to that event. Like I, I did two speaking events in 2017, and I didn't get paid for it. Uh-uh. And people are like you're not getting paid for that. And then people all the time, even my fiance, she's like, you're not getting paid for your podcast. Like you should be charging people for that. You're helping them grow their brand online. I'm like. You don't get it. It's no, if you got to <laughs> you got to put in the rep. So I just I just pulled up my calculator. I hadn't I hadn't run this number. I did over 230 free presentations. Wow. I and still how much present time? S- since you started or like... No, 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 in a year and a half. In, in a year, year and, and a half? half? Yeah, in a year and a half. Damn. 230 plus free presentations. Hour, hour and a half. Yep. Free stuff. Um and I got all my mistakes out. Unfortunately, I got my mistakes. Well, I shouldn't say that because as soon as you say that, we're some wood, right? Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure honest. I didn't uh, get all my, my mistakes standing, My standing desk is woke. I'm going to knock for you. <laughs> right? Like, but I got a lot of those mistakes out, right? Like my very first presentation, first of all, I had no clue. I drove an hour and a half to go to this guy's home office. He like dragged his four other roofers in. I did the presentation. I practiced it a hundred times and I still screwed it up. It only lasted like 30 minutes. It was supposed to be an hour and 15. And then the guy starts asking me and like putting me on the spot to try and like chew his team out for him, obviously on something that he's been yelling at them about. And it was like the most awkward. (laughs) Yeah. Well, like, so, so we're sitting there and I was like, so you guys have any other questions? And he was like, well, don't you think that if you're following me to a sales presentation and I'm doing the close, shouldn't you just shut the F up? And I was just and like, you're like, um, apparently you guys have some personal issues that you're working on. I could step right? out for a second. <laughs> like I didn't know enough to do that. I was just like deer in the headlights. Well, I was t- <laughs> see, I would have, I would have had fun with that. BC again, I'm with you. Would I have always had fun with that? No, because I would have been like, what is happening what? right now? 
<laughs> right. Like now I love, I'm like, I love it when I get a heckler or some sort of smart ass in the room. Like yeah. I'm like, Oh, like I'll drop bombs just to try and see who the smart asses are. So I can call them out and be like, I already got you pinned. Yeah. There you like, go. It's see, fun oh, now, but there's a, there's a little tip right there. You just, you just brought this out. It's inevitable. You're going to have a heckler or somebody yeah. you've been doing more public speaking than me, but I've been in sales like you. I've got the podcast. I talk a lot. Too much. Yeah. Um, so it's <laughs> the olive oil. Exactly. So the point here is though, it's like, dude, if you know there's going to be that pain in the ass, call yeah. them out. Find a way yeah. to get them picked out early. I love that strategy because now, because mm-hmm. you know, you're like, hey man, it's going to be inevitable. Let's get it out now because I can crush yep. you or I'm sorry, smash you and move you on <laughs> to say to your branding. <laughs> it, well, it is. And you know, my favorite, I'll drop this one for your listeners out there. My favorite way to do it is at the very beginning of the, of the con of the talk. I always start by telling everybody, you know, I'm half Italian. I could talk for an hour and a half, two hours, 10 hours. Like we could be here all night. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about everything from spaghetti to penguins. It's going to be great. <laughs> or you guys can have a conversation with me. So what I need from you guys is when I talk to you, talk back. Mm. And then the person who chuckles and is like, I could talk back. That's always your heckler. There you go. Ooh, I like right. That. And I'm like, not like a two year old. And then at that moment, they should just shut up. I like that. Now, is this so, some of the stuff? I mean, keep to throw you more love here because I was, I, I didn't realize you actually had two separate domains because you haven't plugged together here. But, uh, ladies and gentlemen, she also has uh, Shelly University. So, is that some of the some of the content that you like to work into your uh, programs? Uh, so Scheller University is what we call a living course. So we are constantly adding courses to this. This is a primarily sales university. Hmm. So we have, it's 250 some odd videos that are all two to seven minutes long on sales concepts, Okay. understanding them and how to implement them. Um, we've had a lot of people asking for a public speaking course. So I'm not going to say that is not coming anytime soon. <laughs> but... <laughs> well, in the end, if people ask, that's uh, your, your, don't, this is another great lesson, right? Like you can back this up. Yeah. You think this is what people want. So then you spend right. all this time, all this money and all this, all this effort building it. And then you go to launch it and it falls flat in the face because, <laughs> because is it what they wanted? Did you actually ask or you just assumed? Right. And then you get frustrated because it's like, oh man, I spent all this time building this mating program and nobody wants it. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. So I love this because yes. you're, you're hinting at a possible new program, but you're making sure mm-hmm. that your audience wants it. We are. And you know, there's, there's two pieces to sell in a program is one, make sure it's what your audience wants Two, make sure you get it in front of them appropriately. Ooh, right. Platforms. Be, right. Like you got to know, you know, I can have the best platform in the world. This is a great university. It makes me quite a nice little chunk of money every month, but you know, if I don't get it in front of the people who are going to sign up in a way that they're going to respond to, I'm not going to get anywhere. Hmm. And so it's, it's twofold. And I think people forget that sometimes they blame it on the marketing when it was actually something nobody wanted, or they blame it on, Oh, nobody wanted it. Nobody understood it. I'm sorry. That's what everyone says. No one understood what I was doing. But this goes back to these viral online guys, which I do appreciate what they say. It's like, listen, one of the best ways to build your brand is be patient but also put your best stuff out there. And everybody's afraid yeah. to put their, like, well, no, I got to charge for that. I'm like, no, dude, you got to get people hooked. 
All right. Yeah. You pick out probably because you, you have mini courses on there, right? You probably pick out one of your right. best mini courses that just drops the bombs. And then you get it right. out there as like a free download or whatever. You get them on your email list. You get them in your sales funnel process because yep. you want to make sure they are your audience. And if mm -hmm. you put your best stuff out there and that person doesn't like it, they're not your audience. But then you're attracting right. the right people that do want the training, that do want the knowledge. That here, Here's a great little slogan. That actually want to be sold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, and so this goes back to usually just like loops this all the way around to the very beginning of our conversation, that authenticity thing. I love going. We all get circle. screwed so many times, right? Yep. So we want to know if I'm going to spend money on you, it better be legit. I better get my money's worth. Mm -hmm. And so people go for like, you know, I've got a client right now. I've been trying to get him to understand you can't go for a $5,000 deal the first time you shake their hand. Like, that's not how people work. Oh, well, Stephanie, come on. You're a sales professional. You can't close on the first handshake? Well, yeah, no, no. Not usually. Come on, that's, that's a $5 um, million handshake every time. Come on, come on. Well, so he, the handshake is part of the close. But, like, he's, like, going to them and saying, hey, so let's spend five grand a month. And I'm like, dude, no one's going to buy. You've got to build them into it. they got to mm. trust you. People get screwed all the time. I always use You're the story building of my the relationship. Friends. Yeah, like, and there's so many scam artists, right? I just posted an article on my Facebook about a whole bunch of coaches who got shut down by the um, FTC. Ooh, I yeah, know this. whole bunch, like eight or nine, ten now. of them. Yeah, because, because they're they because they're not real coaches. <laughs> or well, yeah, basically it was a, it was a scam. So mm -hmm. what they would do is they would they were using the online funnels and Facebook and all this stuff to sell you into a ninety nine dollar coaching program. Mm -hmm. But and then once you got into the nine hundred dollar coaching program, you never got any coaching. They just sold you to the mm -hmm. next one, the next one. There were people who spent 30, 40, 50,000 bucks. This pisses me off because, uh, this was happening to literally that gym we were at this morning, the owner, uh, early this week, he's like, Hey Scott, I got something to show you after your workout. He's like, I want your opinion. I'm like, okay. And some guy from New York, supposedly from New York city, Sent he he's a he's a, a social media hey hire us to do your social media marketing I'm like which is yeah. by the way this is something that I do and he and he's like well I just want your opinion because this guy sends him a 15 minute long video through Facebook Messenger mind you and it's it's all screen captures of this guy walking through and clicking on my buddy Rob's websites his social media profiles and telling you what he's going to do and then if you sign now it's a thousand dollar setup and then a thousand dollars a month. And I'm like, okay, where's the guy's brand? Where's his business, right? He has a one-page landing page for his site. And I'm like, I was like, this dude's using ClickFunnels. Now, hold on. I'm not going to rip on ClickFunnels. I respect ClickFunnels when used yeah. ethically and the right Correctly. way. This guy, I'm like, dude, you don't actually have a core business. I can't call you. And the guy only communicated through Facebook Messenger. I'm like, uh... where's, where's the relationship building? Yeah. Then the other the other red flag was Rob, Rob. Rob's not a slow guy. He's on it, right? He's like, oh yeah. So I basically challenged him on the fact that I was like, do you have any testimonials from other CrossFit gyms? And he's like, what? Well, because in his video he talks about, well, our other CrossFit clients like to do it this way, this way. And then at the end of it, he's like, okay, so you can you send me some testimonials on some CrossFit gyms? He's like, well, no, we have those documented yet, but we do have one from a from a personal trainer and this other fitness studio. And he's like, wait a minute. Earlier in your call in the video, it says our other CrossFit customers. <laughs> Right. So you're just, you're a sales guy. And then he does the classic thing. You're going to love this. Oh, well, he's oh, like, no. listen, it's not in the budget. He's like, and, then, and Rob's like, yeah, I don't want to drop $1,000 today. He's like, well, hold on a second. He's like, let me go talk to my, 
I was like, manager. Oh my God. Comes back and he's just like, well, listen, he's like, if he signed today, he's like, we'll go ahead and cut that in half. It'll be a $500 setup fee. And Rob's like, wait a minute. So you're already devaluing your program. Cause that's what I saw too. I'm like, Rob didn't say he can't afford it. He just said he didn't want to spend a thousand dollars today, right here, it. right now. Right. And you go ahead and discount it. You're looking for the quick oh sell. God. Right. I yeah. figured, I, I was, I was hoping to see this emotion from you. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> dude, you're hitting all my hot buttons here. I knew you'd love that. Cause this, this strive and grind guy, he, I set him off uh, yesterday because he's a branding guy <laughs> and he also got pissed because you don't have a core website. Your brand doesn't exist. There's no way to contact you. So you're, you're a short, you're a flash in a pan business, right? There's no mm -hmm. longevity. You're not building a relationship. Like uh, I figured we could tie this back to your other book actually too, because we talk about friend power in your other book, right? And, oh, yeah. and we're talking right now about building a relationship. Okay. Yeah. It takes friends to do that. It takes relationship building. None of that was happening. None of that was happening. So, <sighs> well, and what kills, what really irritates me and I, every time I get like a letter, I call those people out when I get, when people reach out to me like that, or they send me a letter in the mail or whatever, those ones that were, are trying basically to scam these business owners, because I'll bet you anything, if Rob had signed up with that guy, he would have done anything. Wouldn't have done a single thing. That's what Rob I was worried about. Yeah. I'm right. like, dude, I'm glad you, you put the kibosh on this and you want to check with me on this because I could see exactly what this guy's doing. Right. Well, like what irritates me is, so they'll get some business owner who is desperate, who goes, oh my gosh, I know I need social media. I've been told I need social media. So I'm going to just go ahead and sign up for something. And so they will buy this, whatever, right? I, like I got, uh, when I filed my LLC, I got a letter in the mail, packet in the mail that was like, oh my gosh, you have, or no, I filed for an EIN. Those are public databases. There's people, I call them the, um, the ambulance chasers of the LLC world, right? Like they're just, they're just yes. waiting for the new list coming out. Well, and then the way they write their letters, make it look like you have to register, right? Like you're oh, going to yeah. get fined and you don't have LLC insurance. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So I was like panicking at first when I registered a couple of, because it's your, your reptilian brain just kicks in. It sees the red, you know, sees fight or flight. Like, <gasps> yeah. Fight or flight. You're in protection mode. Like that's your brain first does is there to protect you. Yeah. So I, I, I sat down and I calmed as soon as I calmed down and read it, I was like, okay, this is a, so I actually cut a video and I was like, you guys ever get these? This is bullshit. I was like super pissed off. See, that's the and kind I of videos I love. I love that. What? I love videos like that. Cause that's like, it's real time. <laughs> it's raw. It's truthful. And you're actually teaching somebody something. How many people have fallen prey to that stuff? Exactly. Yeah. Like that's my point is all these guys. And if that guy sends out enough messages, he's going to get some business owner hmm. who's desperate, panicked, you know, hallmarks of a good, of a business owner. They don't have any time. Hmm. They want to make decisions quickly move on. They're going to trust you to be a good you know, person taking care of them. And there's too many crappy people out there. Well, and, and Rob brought up a valuable <sighs> point. And I, I, I know the health and fitness space really, really well but I purposely don't target them right now as part of my brand or my, my business growth because he said it himself. Most gym owners, especially CrossFit gym owners, are passionate coaches who love their sport and love coaching people and then decide to create a build, build a gym, build a business off the community, which can be done. But most of these, most of these CrossFit gym owners have either side jobs, full-time careers, or in Rob's case, he's full-time. He's running his business full-time, but it's like, dude, like, if he spends another $1,000 a month on a whole new program to manage his social media, he's got to add at least five new members to justify that expense. So he yeah. needs to see a return on that investment. 
And well, you know, that's there's no guarantee on that. <laughs> no, and that irritates the crap out of me. And we'll have to wrap up, unfortunately, because yes, I do. gotta I gotta be somewhere by a three. But um, that irritates me because these guys. Uh, sorry, the, like this is this is a really hot topic for me because I've seen so You'd many people it. go out of business over this crap. And you know, you get um, like I've got a I got a friend who got like hardcore pitched for you need to have a social media campaign. The guy wanted two grand a month from her. Mm. She was only making 125k a year. And he made her feel like a terrible business owner for not doing that. Like, do people understand how much a thousand dollars of a small business owner's budget is? That's a lot. That's what that just on social media. Are you kidding with me? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I guess so heated over that stuff. Well, and and um, this is actually a great way to bring the show to a close because it shows. And I knew I knew I was going to rise out of you because I could tell you're, <laughs> you're genuine, you're real, and this is the passion that we should be putting into who we are and what we bring forth. Yeah. You know. So if nothing else, like whether you people listening to this, whether you are fellow Taekwondo lover, whether you like CrossFit like I do, whether you love sales or marketing or hate sales and marketing, hopefully you've realized <laughs> that this is what it takes to succeed. We've, we talked a lot about today. Yeah. You got to put in the work. You got to be real. You got to build relationships. You got to remind yourself that gatekeepers are human beings too. All this stuff. And also at the very end here, be passionate about this. Like yeah. if you're not passionate about what you're doing, consider doing something else. That's all I'm throwing Please. out there. No, I, I agree. So you do exogenics. I tried a couple of network marketing companies trying to replace my income a couple of times. Yeah. Um, and and I, was, I wasn't doing with- it for the income. I just, I, I'm a health nut. So, and that's why I still well, use this I, I was. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I went away from this job. I hate working yeah. for this company. And it can work for the right person. It can. It can. It can. Yeah. Well, it can. And for the right person with the right product. And I never got mm-hmm. the right product I was passionate about. Never really yeah. cared. Well, because if, and, a, if a company is doing this, uh, and I'm not going to dwell on this, but if a company is, is not letting the product lead and they're letting the business model lead, that's a red flag. That is a red flag. And that was... Two of them I tried, that was that was what they were doing. And that was a big problem. And what I learned from all that was when I finally did start my business. And you know, you read the story. The story is in under four months, you know, four literally four months on the nose. I'd made more money part-time than full-time. Hmm. I filled my two-week, you know, resignation period, but that was that was it. You know, I moved on. And the difference was the passion. I was passionate about what I was doing with these small business owners. Nice. I cared about helping them out. And if you can, if you know, for the listeners, they get nothing else out of today. It's whatever you do, do it with passion. See, normally I have to ask my co-host to give me some final words to close out the show. <laughs> and you just nailed it. <laughs> the true professional. Cause I say, I literally say, listen, if they forget, I literally say this, if you forget everybody, everything else we've discussed today, what are some <laughs> final words you want to close a show with? So somebody, this is not your first rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'll, I'll agree with that one. But this no, is, you nailed I'm it. Be is passionate. This, is yeah. passion creates action, and action creates results. Wonderful. That's it. All right. Well, hang tight. I'll give you a proper goodbye as I end this recording, ladies and gentlemen. Again, we kind of hinted at it. Passion. 
passion creates change. Let's do this. All right. So again, follow her at the stephanieshellercom Everything will be hyperlinked on the show notes like we always do. All of our social media profiles. You can follow her. You can professionally stalk her. Whatever you got to do. Uh, <laughs> but definitely reach out to her. Check out the books. Friend Power. Okay. Seriously. It's, imp- it's about the power of your friendships as well, ladies and gentlemen. And if you hate gatekeepers, check out Getting Past the Gatekeeper. So again, thanks for listening in. And that was Stephanie. She's a rock star. Tune in again to another show. But again, as I tell all you guys, you too can live the fuel. Talk to you guys again soon. Hey there, listeners and fans of Live the Fuel. Scott Mulvaney here, your founder and host. Please hang tight for another one to two minutes and you're going to hear some added value resources and discounts. So first off, please don't forget to subscribe and submit a review for the show. It'll really help others find our show and I would love to get the feedback. Also, please be sure to visit livethefuel.com and score your free Super 7s resource guide. This has got over 21 different resources that I've put together to help fuel your health, business, and lifestyle goals. Okay, once you're on the website, ladies and gentlemen, go to the resources page and you're gonna score some added discounts. I've set up discount code relationships with my favorite snack nuts from eatpillynuts.com and my favorite healthy fats olive oil from villacapelli.com. And lastly, don't forget, I'm your connection into the healthy nutrition world from Isogenics. You'll see the logo there. Feel free to reach out to me. I got my schedule online. And to close things out, guys, ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is awesome, and I love having you listen. And it wouldn't be possible without our amazing editor known as David Studio. So if you're an up-and-coming podcaster or an existing podcaster and you're just trying to find a better way to get it done like I do, Get a hold of his editing services. You can find him on Fiverr. That's F I V E com. Fiverr.com and search for David Studio. And lastly, just to close this out, ladies and gentlemen, we discuss so much health, business, and lifestyle on this show. We bring on biologists and doctors and entrepreneurs, and it's just a powerful sharing of knowledge. But one thing I do want to remind you is this we are not a uh, replacement for your medical doctor. Uh, for example, on the health information. So please, this is a show of free knowledge. If you need to go seek a professional's advice, please do so. This is free knowledge. We're sharing it out there, but obviously you need to make your own intelligent decisions when it comes to your health, your business, and your lifestyle. I just want to remind you of that. In the end, keep listening. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for the reviews. And let's keep growing this powerful message of a healthier, more successful business lifestyle for you all. Thank you for subscribing to Live the Fuel. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Live the Fuel. And remember, you too can live the fuel. So please visit us at livethefuel.com.